welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Don Howson. And I'm James Marriott. Well, this is all rather good, isn't it? So through to the fourth round of the FA Cup, four points clear of Ipswich, three points off Plymouth, with a game in hand and a better goal difference. I mean, decent couple of weeks, got to be said. We've got nothing to moan about, James. What are we going to talk about? We'll find something, don't you? Don't you worry, we'll find something. First of all, then, let's go back to um, to Newcastle. Beforehand, you know what? It would be quite funny to go back and listen to the podcast that we did beforehand because we were both quite prepared to write that game off. We said we just don't want it to be a mauling. We don't want it to be embarrassing. But, you know, put on a decent little performance and bravely go out of the cup. Little Sheffield Wednesday giving Newcastle uh, a, a game. Um and, I mean, how wrong we were. Uh, I think, you know, to a man, a, a brilliant, brilliant performance right across the pitch. Some real heroics there. Um, and, you know, in the end, you've got to say it's a, it was a famous night, wasn't it, at Hillsborough? It was an incredible effort. There were top performances, as you say, James, all over the pitch. Cammy Dawson, best performance, I would say. And, and Al Shirt made a number of good saves. But Wednesday deserved it. They got the tactics absolutely spot on. And the finishing of Josh Windass on the night, the way he took the second goal, so calm, so composed. As soon as he was put through, I'm watching it from home on the telly, like a lot of Wednesday fans would have been, and I just thought, goal. And it's a great feeling, that, isn't it? When you know that a striker is in good form and he goes through on goal, that he's going in the back of the net. But, But Wednesday... All round, they were, they were outstanding. In defence, I mean, Mark McGuinness was an, an absolute colossus at the back, wasn't he? He was tremendous. You know, what a way for him to bow out in his Wednesday career. I, I know we'll talk more about him later on in the pod. But yeah, Wednesday, they thoroughly deserved it. And Newcastle, they weren't clinical. And Wednesday got the noses in front. They, you know, they switched off from a set play. They haven't done that too much this season has been an area that they've been much improved on. And yet, you know, we do have to remember that this was a much weakened Newcastle team. and yet, But they still had a lot of internationals out there. At the same time, it was nowhere near their best 11. They threw on the big guns to try and save it. Yes, Newcastle had played in the League Cup quarterfinal a few days before. That was huge for them to beat Leicester, and so they made lots of changes. That shouldn't take anything away from Sheffield Wednesday, though. That you know the way that they rose to the occasion, uh, and I, I was sad not to be at Hillsborough, James. Really, for the atmosphere. Um, you know, pe- uh, most people saying that's the best that Hillsborough has been in years. The way it was rocking after Windass' the second goal, and at the final whistle, the celebrations. You know, everybody could see it. It was a just, uh, it was tremendous, really, for Wednesday to you know, be on national television, put on such a good show, and total contrast from the last time they won the BBC, which was Manchester City, and that was a bit of a limp effort when they went out of the FA Cup a few years ago. Chalk and cheese from that, and great for the city of Sheffield, but yeah, for Wednesday, momentum, they, they, they've got it in bucket loads right now, haven't they? Yeah, and and uh, you know the, these are the games that, you know, we talked about being uh, what we didn't want is is to get 
is to get walloped because the damage that that can do to the momentum in the in the league. Now, of course, the opposite of that is entirely true, isn't it? I mean, look at Cameron Dawson now, a player whose confidence is sky high. Now, Cameron Dawson's Sheffield Wednesday career has been a real roller coaster. You know, he really has been up and down and all over the place. He saved a penalty at Bramall Lane, which is fantastic. Um, I've seen him pull off some great saves. He's also had some really, really, you know, wobbly performances in a in a Wednesday shirt. But absolutely finding his place now. Um, you know, he he's made that that jersey his own. And you know, there were a couple of of saves. I mean, the 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 one that he wouldn't save the round for. I'm not even sure was his best saving that in that game to be honest but um you know just fantastic to see him really really coming into his own now and and a lot of the plaudits and and you know certainly Sunday morning all over my timeline George Byers with uh with his little um his little we're going to call it the Byers turn um that was just fantastic and and those individual performances were brilliant but you know you you add the whole thing up and it was a team performance wasn't it it 100% was. And going back to Cameron Dawson, loads of credit has to go to him for coming in and taking his chance. But I also think we have to give plenty of plaudits to the manager. The manager made a big call, James. You know, taking out David Stockdale, who's kept so many clean sheets this season. He hasn't made that many mistakes. He hasn't done a lot wrong. But Darren Moore has seen something in training, the way that... Um, you know, Cameron Dawson has been going about his business and he's thrown him in and he's delivered. And that's and you're right, that Cameron Dawson right now is one of the first names on the team sheet. And the, the second half save he made against Newcastle with his legs, uh, and I think the score might have been 2-1 at that point. And you know, that was the pick of the lot for me. But yeah, Cameron Dawson has been a huge positive from the last month or so. And, and we're talking about, from a style point of view right now that you know Wednesday it's not free flowing really is it you know it's it's a lot of grinding out results and and it's sort of what you have to do and we'll come on to Wickham in a bit and we saw plenty of that but no against Newcastle that they did create some good chances um you know and, and I think you no know, yeah has hit the bar Palmer's had a shot in the first half and there were, there were a couple of other really good moments they, they gave a great account of themselves uh, and what an opportunity they've now got to get into the fifth round, for you know, uh, uh, and and go deep and get more money in this tournament, and then that can potentially help them with um, some funds in the transfer market with eleven days still to go. A, a very a, a a relatively small point, um, just on the Cameron Dawson thing as well. I wonder how significant um, the way that David Stockdale has has handled himself over the last few weeks has has been. Um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it might have been you, it might have been Joe Cran, someone on Twitter that highlighted, if you go through the, the tweets that David Stockdale's liked, a lot of them uh, have been stuff about people giving plaudits to Cameron Dawson for his performance. You see him first on the pitch congr- congratulating Cameron um, Dawson. Not, I'm not going to go as far as suggesting that in the past maybe Cameron Dawson has had goalkeepers around him that weren't supportive, but that support from um, you know someone with the experience, the the knowledge of David Stockdale, I think is really significant and and huge credit to to him. I think it's just that positive atmosphere around the the, the place that that kind of sort of you know really nicely illustrates um, illustrates that. So um, Newcastle then job done, brilliant. Always the fear with these things is brilliant night in the cup. 
as we'd said, it was so important. You know, the Wickham game, in the great scheme of things, is more important. Having those brilliant um, nights in the cup on the telly under the lights, fantastic. But you know, it would have been um, a real travesty, obviously, to have won that and then gone to Wickham and not got the result. But you know what? We get to cake, get to have our cake and eat it, um, because um, you know Wickham uh, also another three points and um, never an easy place to go. I think. We were obviously losing Mark McGuinness and a couple of other injury issues, certainly not a full-strength Wednesday team. But that phrase that seems to be really coming round this season, which is getting the job done. Yeah, and I think another word that Darren Moore uses in pretty much every pre-match and post-match interview that he does with the media is resilient. That is what this Wednesday team are. They are dogged. There's a great togetherness and team spirit about this team. And that is what Darren Moore has fostered in nearly two years in charge. That's what he's done. That you know, he took over Broken Club and he has built a squad now that you look at it and everybody's going, including uh, the Wickham manager, Gareth Ainsworth, saying that he thinks Wednesday are going up as champions. And as each week goes by, and it's 14 unbeaten now, you know, my belief is growing that the title is there for Wednesday and there's a lot of hard work to go between now and May but the, the way things are heading, 20 matches to go what was it, they've got 55 points on the board I think they're definitely going to get 90 um, I really do and there will be a blip, right, I think we should say that you know, when's they've gone, I mean this, this is what's remarkable James, they've gone over three months without a defeat now in League One uh, amazing consistency and that's where this team and Darren Wall, the job he's done so far has been pretty much impeccable but then Wednesday have been on such a good run the only incredible thing is they're not top of the table right? for all the good work they've done so they can't let their standards drop there can be no let up if there is then Wednesday they could fall short. You only have to look at what Ipswich and Third are doing with their transfer business. They are throwing a lot of money at it. Yeah, a huge statement of intent. Ipswich are determined to get out of League One this season. Right, they have to as well, I would suggest, too, for the, the money that they are throwing at it. So the pressure is on Ipswich, uh, and they're going to have to you know, catch Wednesday. And it could all come down to, you know, the next time we record the pod, James, will be that period of, Plymouth, Ipswich, Barnsley, that right now could define Sheffield Wednesday season, that run of, of fixtures. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a, there is a key week coming up as well because there's that game in hand, isn't there, on Ipswich coming up um, uh, on next Wednesday. Um, so so that's really, really key as well. Um, just going back then to the uh, Wickham game, I mean, uh, Will Vokes seems to only score fantastic goals, but I mean, this was particularly special. Oh, he was incredible. Yeah, for me, he was better than his hitter, Paul Vale. Yeah, Will Vokes, if you look at um, his back catalogue, at the end of his career, he has scored some spectacular goals. And uh, that one was another one of where, you know, 30 yards out, he just has a pop at goal and it flew into the top corner. No goalkeeper in the world is saving that. And for Wednesday to score so early, uh, you know, I think the first goal was always going to be huge. We've seen the last couple of times when they've gone to Wickham, James, when Wickham have scored, I mean, tactically, it's just perfect for them that then they can um, 
sit deep and be compact and well organised and hard to break down. And Wednesday, on the previous couple of visits, they've lost one nil and they haven't been able to find that spark in the final third to break them down. But yeah, for Wednesday, with a patched up team, and you have to say it, you know, no Mark McGuinness. So Darren Moore's got no choice due to the centre-back shortage, but to throw in Akin for Maywo. And I think you have to give him special mention. He did such mm-hmm. a solid and good job as a left-sided centre-back at, at Wickham. You know, as tough a place as you can go, you've got to remember, Wickham have been on what, one heck of a run themselves. They're only just outside the playoffs. Uh, and you know, they finished in the playoffs last season. They are a strong outfit and they've got some really good individuals. You know, you look at Mametti, Lewis Wing, McCleary... Sam Vokes, um, as well as, as a handful on his day at this level. Wednesday went there and they did a job on them and they outwickened Wickham. And that is no mean feat. That's a great description, outwickaming Wickham. Um, I think you've got to you've got to give a mention as well to Callum Patterson. I know we talked about him on the last podcast, who's hit this, you know, rich vein of form kind of out of nowhere, really, completely unexpected. Um, it's exactly around the time that he's been, you know, linked with um, with transfers away, but but has really shown what he can do. So um, fair fair play to him as well then for for that performance um, for that performance at Wickham. I mean, look, you know, we don't we don't talk a lot about the league table. We tend to just get on with talking about the football. But it, I mean, it's been a ride, hasn't it this this season? When we've we've talked at times about you know the risk of. We had that run of draws, which is not that long ago, and we were really talking then about the risk of, of dropping away, getting cut off from that top two. Um, and now we've you know overtaken um, Ipswich, and there is that little safety net there. There's that little bit of a, of a cushion. Um, and Plymouth really are looking like they are in sight, even though it's not like Plymouth are in terrible form or anything um, anything like anything like that. Um <clears throat> As as a, if you're a betting man, is it is it hard at the moment to argue against Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday being by far and away the the favourites? No, I don't buy into that. I, I think you know Switch are going to be there right to the end. But what a wonderful position Sheffield Wednesday put themselves in, where they know if they win the next two matches, they're going to go top of the table. That game in hand at Cheltenham next Tuesday is in Wednesday's hands. For me right now, all I'm sort of focusing on is, you know, Wednesday have to take care of their business. I would like them to see them before the window shuts, bring in at least one new player. Really, I think they need two after losing Mark McGuinness. They have to bring in a centre-half. I know we keep saying it, but with McGuinness finally being officially recalled this week, you know, Wednesday are... A centre back in need of another player as another option, and we still don't know. As we record, we don't know how bad Reese James's injury is. That was a big disappointment from Wickham. Him being stretched off. You'd like to think George Byers, who was also stretched off. That doesn't look too bad. Um, you know, it was a foot injury, but he had some, you know, a bit of a cut on his foot. You know, that looked to me more of a precaution. Darren Moore will, will fill us all in before they play Fleawood this weekend and it you know Wednesday they're up there to be shot at and so they've got to hold the nerve that's what it's all about they've only lost three matches all season 
and they are finding a way to win football matches and they're not necessarily always playing at the best. The good news is that they've got their strikers now who are starting to hit some form with what Windass has done in the last few weeks and Michael Smith. And that was always, I think, going to be the key for Sheffield Wednesday uh, in maintaining this promotion push. Yeah, so, I mean, it is rarely seen in football, but as football fans, it is what we live for. The uh, infamous Fleetwood sandwich that we have uh, coming up. So uh, Fleetwood at home on Saturday in the league, Cheltenham away, followed by Fleetwood at home again in the FA Cup. Uh, kind of weird that because they're going to be, uh, you, know, you would expect them to be quite different games. You'd expect both teams probably to make a few changes for uh, for the second of those games. Kind of hard to call. You've touched on this. In terms of let's just concentrate on the league for now. This is a really, really big week, isn't it? If, you know, six points from this week and you are talking about Sheffield Wednesday being top of the table, whatever else happens. There's an issue whenever you're in a good run of form, isn't there? Because every time you win another, it's uh, it's that bit more pressure because at some point that run inevitably comes to an end. It has to do. This is not the week for that to happen, though. Sheffield Wednesday's biggest enemy right now is complacency. And so if they take their foot off the pedal, then that's how they can let Ipswich back in and allow Plymouth to open up a buffer again at the top of the table. Right, when's they've got to show no, no mercy? They, they've got to carry on getting the wins. They have to carry on picking up the points, applying the pressure. And if they do that, Plymouth will crack at the top of the table. And you look at and Plymouth's home record's just unreal. 12 wins out of 13. Right? Is that sustainable? Can they just, you know, they've got 10 more home games. Can they carry on that level of performance? I doubt it. I still think, and I don't want to be doom and gloom, I still think there will be a period when Wednesday will have another little blip between now and the end of the season where it may be only one win in four. And and we're hoping that that's not going to be costly. It's looking right now like it's going to be a, a record points total for the top three teams. I can see a scenario right now, James, where all three teams could end up with 90-plus points and one of them's going to miss out. They are just streets ahead of the rest of League One. League One is now three divisions, the top three. Then you have the chasing pack of the playoff teams. Maybe there's about seven teams there, and then the rest. And Sheffield Wednesday, in their next two matches, are playing against two bottom-half teams. I think their record against Fleetwood is they haven't played them that many times in the history, but they've always beaten them. So they have lots of confidence going into this weekend. And you look at it, and Fleetwood, they should have too much quality for them. But Fleetwood's results, their better results, have actually come on the road. So it won't be easy. It's not It's not going to be straightforward for Sheffield Wednesday. And as I said from the top, they have still got an awful lot of work to do. And they can't take the eye off the ball. And if they do, then it could be fatal. And and the 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 flip side of the Fleetwood sandwich, the cup game, it it is only a week away. It does kind of feel like quite a long way away, doesn't it? It's kind of like actually we've got you know two really important league games to concentrate on, 
Um, let's not worry too much about that because obviously it's not uh, you know, uh, running the FA Cup would be nice, as you said. There's some financial stuff to come from that. Doesn't really matter though, does it? This this is a season that is about promotion. So my kind of feeling is almost just park any thoughts about the FA Cup until next Wednesday morning, and that's when attention can turn to that. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, for me, the the next two matches are more important than that FA Cup fourth round. It's a it's a great opportunity to get into the fifth round, earn more money, and yeah, that's great for the financial. You know, coffers of the football club, of course it is. And, and Wednesday worked hard to get to the fourth round so far, and they've got a home tie against a fellow League One side that you know you'd look at. And man for man, they're a better team, and they've got uh, you know better players, and so they should be winning. But we know football doesn't always work like that. Ch- Chelton next Tuesday is, is a banana skin, though. We know that. You know, Wednesday slipped up there last season, drew two two. Um, they have been pretty inconsistent this season of Cheltenham I still fancy Wednesday's chances yeah Darren Moore I think this will be the week that he'll be looking at and he'll rotate the squad accordingly and, and this is where the squad again and we talk, we've talked so much about the strength and depth of Sheffield Wednesday this is where you know, he's got to manage his resources effectively and, and Wednesday we know are stretched right now we, Barry Bannon I still don't think is going to be available for maybe the next couple of matches Wednesday have shown they can win without Barry Bannon and that they don't need Barry Bannon to win football matches. And so that's great when you look at it from the long-term perspective for Sheffield Wednesday. But he's going to be a huge bonus when he comes back. Michael Heckler can't be too far away. Um, we know Ben Hennigan's out for the rest of the season. Uh, and then we're keeping our fingers crossed over Byers and James. And so if Wednesday have the full squad available, to me, they have the best squad in League One. And... You know, I know that there's fans out there listening to this and go, and who are frustrated or impatient or thinking, why have Sheffield Wednesday not done any transfer business? There's no point in Sheffield Wednesday bringing a player in for the sake of it to be on the bench. Yeah. They have to be better than what they've got. And right now, they haven't found anyone or looked at anyone or gone, you know what, I think they're going to walk into the, the best 11. And and Darren Moore's made that point, hasn't he? Which is, yeah, they 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 do want to do business, but it has to be the right business, and they'd rather not do business than do the wrong business. That's fair enough. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that at all. Let's talk a bit about transfers then. Um, and so you know, we 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 alluded to this last time. We kind of knew it was going to happen. Mark McGuinness gone back to um back to Cardiff. Um, such an interesting reaction to this. It's been a while since I think we've had a lone player that's been quite as popular. That's um you know, really kind of caught all of the fan base in the way that Mark McGuinness seems to have um seems to have done. This is the loan system doing what the loan system does, doesn't it? And and you know, he um Cardiff wanted him to go and play some football, find some form. That's exactly what's happened. It's been great for us, it's great for, for them, it's great for the player. We'd have liked to have kept him for the rest of the season. That was never really gonna be on the cards. Um and, you know, a really good loan spell for Mark McGuinness. Brilliant. Probably the best loan spell Sheffield Wednesday have had from a player um, since maybe, I don't know, Mikel Antonio. I was thinking uh, Antonio. Yeah. Well, I, I'm looking at it and going, if, if Sheffield Wednesday get promoted, I, I think he might be one that they revisit in the summer and they might try to buy him. Yeah, I, I could see a, a scenario like that where you know, Sheffield Wednesday might be in a situation where they could try to bring him in. But the, the problem is, as you say, that McGuinness's stock is so high I expect him to play a lot of matches between now and the end of the season for Cardiff. And if he does really well, 
then he's he's probably priced his way out of a return to Sheffield Wednesday. But he's played twenty odd matches. He's been a revelation. I, I, I yeah, I, in my time covering Wednesday, I don't think I ever saw him really have a bad game. He just looked far too good for League One, and the way he's developing. I could see him in another 18 months playing the Premier League. I just think he's that good. Um, he's, he's Mal McGuinness. He's got everything that you need um, for a top modern centre-half. And you have to say what a spot it was from the recruitment team, Darren Moore, to, to bring him to the football club. And, and do you know what we should also say as well, James? Mal McGuinness might not have come to Sheffield Wednesday in the first place had it not been for Akin Fumewo's injury at MK Dons. I don't think Sheffield Wednesday were really seriously looking at bringing another centre-half in at that time. But for Maywo's injury, forced the hand. And what a steal, what a bit of business it was for Wednesday to get him in. And if Wednesday go up, I mean, he's played a huge part in Wednesday's success You know, in this period of him being at the club since August, you know, September, all the way through to the Newcastle match and uh, it's a real shame he's gone back and that's why we go back to the point of Sheffield Wednesday need another centre-half in uh, uh, not to replace McGuinness as another body as much as anything for Maywo showed at Wickham he might be up to the job uh, and there are signs as well we've not mentioned him there are signs that Dominic Iortha is, sh- is showing Dominic Iortha form of a few years ago and, and the, the question is now can he maintain that sort of standard I'm not so sure you pulled a bit of a funny face there as well when I said it and I, I'm sort of yeah. like you where the jury's out but I hope for Sheffield Wednesday's sake that he does and if he does then I, I don't think Sheffield Wednesday necessarily um, have to get a centre-half that, that comes into the first 11 but ideally you want somebody that is going to be an upgrade on what you've got and that's where I go back to what I said before of Sheffield Wednesday they're not rushing they're not and they're not they're going in with a position of strength. They're not having to panic by right now and bring it somebody in just to fill out the squad. You know, they are going to look to bring somebody in to improve what they have. Uh, well, I, I mean, I've got to kind of look at, at that then. What what names are you hearing in terms of transfers? That There does seem to be names flying about all over the place and has been and players linked to then look like they're probably going elsewhere. Anything looking likely at this stage, particularly centre-back point? Well, I mean, the one that's not going away is Luke McNally at Burnley. Um, and there's, I think, supposedly a lot of championship interest as well in him. So I think it's another one where he's not been playing a lot of football at Burnley. Um, he's available. Vincent Company said as much this week that he let him go. Um, I... I if he comes in, great. I, but I, I think Wednesday will have other irons in the fire. I really do. You know, they'll be looking at a lot of defenders right now. So I'm not 100% certain. I, I'm not convinced that he is the number one first choice target. I think, you know, Wednesday will have an, uh, quite a few players that they're eyeing up at the moment. Uh, and, and they'll be weighing up and going, you know, he's, he's got to be the right character. He's also got to come into the group. And you know, Darren Moore's got to be thinking about the harmony of the squad and everything. And as I say, that you know, so the player has got to fit in to the squad and he's got to then fit in to Darren Moore's style of play 
and the way he wants to go about his business. And we know that Darren Moore loves versatile, flexible players. And so he wants a defender, probably, that can play multiple positions too. So they've got to tick that box as well. Is it is it fair to to say and it is fair to say this, but 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 just to explicitly say it, anyone that's kind of hoping for a really busy kind of deadline day, probably going to be disappointed as a Sheffield Wednesday fan because that's not really looking likely, is it? At the moment, it's not on the cards. With Sheffield Wednesday, you can never rule anything out, can you? We've seen that over the years uh, under Dapon Chancery, there does tend to be some business in or outs one way or another. I think in even in the last window it was Alex Hunt leaving to go to, to Grimsby. So I, I still would have would think that there could be an algo. But I mean right now, right, you t- we talk about in transfer windows, you're wanting the squad to be stronger than it was you know, yeah, right, at the at the start of the window you want it to be stronger by the end of the window, don't you? Right. Yes, ideally that's what you want as it from a fan's point of view, manager, everybody look at it and go you know, that's where we want to be. Well, right now, you have to say that Wednesday looked weaker with McGuinness having gone. Alex Mighton, I know we saw Odin Fitz and starts, didn't really work out. But they're actually two players down. So the squad is weaker. And um, and so that's where I, I do expect there to be some business. And I do think Wednesday fans will be disappointed if, if at least one new face doesn't come in. And I also think just for momentum as well, James, that... A new face lifts the training ground. It lifts the mood. It lifts everybody. And I, and I think that Wednesday, everything is looking so positive right now. They want to keep the feel-good factor going. Uh, and that's what a signing would bring them if they get at least one new recruiting between now and January the 31st. Absolutely. Well, we'll see what happens over the, the next couple of weeks because this month is absolutely flying past and uh, it will be deadline day before we uh, before we know it. Uh, right, that's going to wrap us up then for this episode of Singing the Blues. want to give a big shout out to our partners at Title Law Solicitors, specialists in wills, trusts and probate. Um, please get hold of Ollie if um, if you have you know any needs at all. Ollie will um, will take care of that. He's available for um, appointments, home appointments as well across um, South Yorkshire. TitleLaw.co.uk is the website, T-Y-T-O-L-A-W.co.uk. Right, on Twitter, Dom is at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott. And the show is at Dom and James. You can find um, all of our links to our various different pages and profiles on our website. And there's also links in the show notes for this episode as well. Thank you for listening. Up the owls. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 